Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a packed show for you today. We are going to be reviewing one of the most controversial films of the last decade, The Hunt. We are going to get you all caught up on whatever movie news there is in What's Poppin'. And our game master, Kirk, has a fabulous new game for us called Quarantine and Chill. Let's do it. For joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast, I am your co-host Cam. With me, as always, your co-host Kirk. Hello, hello. We are so excited to be here. We're getting a little weird with our scheduling. Thanks for bearing with us on that. So this will be dropping on Checks Watch Thursday, <laughs> March twenty-sixth. Today is Wednesday, March twenty-fifth. So we're good. I'm losing track of the days. Are you losing track of the days, Kirk? I don't know what year I'm in anymore. Yeah, it's it's like a time warp, the whole thing. Let's do the time warp again. Does that? Wow, that was beautiful. Does that remind you of the Drew Carey show? Whenever you sing that song. Oh, did they do a Rocky Horror? Yeah, they did like a Rocky Horror thing. I had no idea. Yeah, the for Drew whatever Carey reason, show. like that's that's what every time I hear time warp, I see the Drew Carey show. <laughs> it's bizarre. I I just think of Tim Curry, but I love I want to go watch the scene of this now. Yeah, do it. YouTube it. It's it's a good time. I like the Drew Carey show. It was, it was good. Yeah, it was a good time. Um so yeah, we're still we're still uh self-quarantining. We're mm-hmm. I mean, except for the fact that you and I are together now. But it's just this is a gathering of two people, which last I checked is still Good to go. If not, I'm gonna have to tell my wife to move out of my house. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> I like how she would. I like how she would be the one to go, not me. I don't know where I got that idea. Uh, yeah, you and Marshall, you gotta move you out. This gotta is go. my quarantine. Sorry, space. Um, she'd probably volunteer to do that because then I could take care of the dogs and she wouldn't have to worry about it. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, we've been watching lots and lots of things because we're we have no other choice, Kirk. We just we can't watch sports. I'm still wearing sports clothes on like a pretty regular basis as a show of solidarity for all of my people out there that are whose lives have been interrupted because they have no sports. Yeah. I'm at the top of that list. I hate everything. Um, but I've been watching tons of movies. I assume you've been doing the same. So many. It's yeah. ridiculous. I saw you posted your list this morning on social. I posted mine a couple of days ago. It's racking up. I actually also started Lord of the Rings today, just out of the blue. <laughs> I was like, eh, time to watch Lord of the Rings again. Like my internal clock went off. I don't know. Yep. Um, saw you dove into John Wick. Yes, I did. Yeah. I. This is something I've been pushing for for a long time. So th- this last week, like the week before this week, I watched all three John Wicks because I had not seen the third one. And I had seen one and two, but in like a very casual way. Like I watched it. Watched number one, loved it, immediately put on number two, loved it, and then just set it down forever. So I rewatched all of them and went into number three. What a ride. (laughs) I did it in like three days. It was incredible. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I think I finally figured out out what's wrong with us Um, and probably a lot of people. There's this thing called oppositional defiance disorder. So when you tell me to to watch something... You're getting 
scientific on us Right. Here. I heard this and I was like, that's me. That's me and Cam right there. Yeah. Um, if you're like, hey, you should watch this. I'm like, okay. I'm like, man, I was going to watch that, but now I don't think I should. <laughs> yeah, what is that? <laughs> it's just something in you that just says, well, I didn't come up with it. I didn't think of it. Now, I'm, I'm a pretty big team player, so I, I, like yeah. to, I think in all other world realms of my life, I like to think that if someone suggests something, I run with it. I say, great idea. Let's try it, you know? but Yeah, I don't. I'm not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just being fully self-aware, not that guy. But you are. You for sure. I try to be, right? Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to movies, I really stop. It. Like, I think mm. you said, man, I watched John Wick, like, months ago. The yeah, first sure. One, right? And I was like, all right, I got to watch that. And here we are. Yeah. Six years later. <laughs> um, so I, I watched it, number one, last night, mm -hmm. and I immediately turned on the second one. Yeah, that's right. That's how it goes, because if they just leave you, you're like, how are you just going to pull the rug out from under me? I need more. It's not even really a cliffhanger. Yeah. It's not. I mean, it just, it ends, but then you're like, yes, must have more. It's just such an adrenaline rush. Um, it's, there's not, like, it's clever, and it's thoughtful and it's well produced. But it, when you really break it down, when you boil it down to it, you're like, does this really have substantial elements of like film in it? Yeah. Not really, but man, I want every moment of it. It's so it's like good. A, it's like a new thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like um, EDM. It's that, that's what it is. It's like the whole electronic dance music craze and what's going on right now and why, how it's like infiltrated pop music. Uh -huh. That's what John wick is. It's yeah. like, and there are things that I could be really snobby and weird about this, but like it's catchy, <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's, it's, it sticks in my head and John wick is just super fun to watch. It's just eye candy. Like, Keanu does not put on like this amazing acting performance. Actually, the supporting cast really carries a lot of those movies, but like it's stylish, it's flashy, it's fast paced, super, super fast paced. Mm -hmm. And you can't look away. I think that's that's really it. And it's so simple. I think that's what that's what you're saying too. Like Yes. It's insanely simple concept. You know, you know the structure as soon as the movie starts. <laughs> Inciting incident happens, you're like, uh oh, well, he's probably gonna go after the bad guys. Right. Um, he goes after the bad guys, kills said bad guys. It's great. Yeah, and spoiler alert, the next two movies are just <laughs> continuously going after the same bad guys, you know, like just continuously trying to kill the same people. I mean, number three is really where like this whole John Wick world starts to come into play, and that's very exciting. I know they have a TV show planned called The Continental, what yes yeah we oh. actually talked about that on this podcast but it was before you were initiated into the john wick world so it probably meant nothing to you nothing at, at all yeah um so based on the whole hotel chain that's like in this whole high table world that they live in so uh -huh. it's getting pretty interesting we got john wick 4 coming up eventually sometime yeah who if. knows where anything is at anymore i legitimately have lost track of every project it's it, stressful. What's so nuts to think about it now, like if you were listening to our episodes literally three weeks ago, this wasn't an issue. No. And then it's infiltrated every single person's life. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, and we can't even like, it's it's a struggle to find new films to watch. Yes. Like we did find one and I'm stoked. I'm excited for this review today. But, you know, last week we were totally scrambling. We didn't even know like when to put out an episode or whatever. We don't know. And we don't know what's going to happen next week, to be quite honest with you. No clue. So 
it's very interesting. I'm glad that you're in, in John Wick world now. Can't wait for you to watch the other two. I'll finish them tonight. I'm 60% of the way through John Wick 2. I'm going to finish that and immediately finish John Wick 3 tonight. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yes. Halle Berry is in John Wick 3. What? Yes. Dude, that's what's also so crazy. There's so many so many celebrities. Yeah. It's like when, when John Leguizamo showed up, I was like, I didn't know he was in this franchise. And he's kind of awesome in it too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's it's a fun series. If you haven't watched John Wick yet, guys, trust us. You must watch it. It's super fun. If you're squeamish, maybe not. Maybe not. There's lots of people getting shot in the head. That's pretty much... like There's at least 60 solid minutes of people getting shot in the head during those movies. I think someone dies every three minutes. Um, at least. At least. Oh, it's insane. Like That's the longest duration <laughs> throughout yeah, the Yeah, I was surprised. We posted that poll on social. That was like, if you have a mission that you have to carry out... And you get to choose someone. So, like, obviously, we're normal people, not qualified. So, basically, you're like, I viewed it as you're choosing the person who's going to keep you alive and mm -hmm. get the job done. I know some people were, like, analyzing it. Like, Jackie's like this, my wife. She's like, <laughs> well, yeah, John Wick is going to. Like, I think Jason Bourne has more of, like, the military back. I was like, whoa, overthinking <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm just looking at it. At, and everybody can look at it their own way. But I was like, who is going to get it done? It's got to be John Wick. Yeah, he's the boogeyman. He's Baba Yaga. You know? He's like, Baba Yaga. <laughs> so, like, I'm sorry. I know that he's going to kill everybody and maybe even me. I don't know, but he's going to get it done. Yeah, like gut check uh, on that. It would. I hadn't. I never replied to that poll because I hadn't seen it. I think it's closed now. Dang it! Um, but I would also vote John Wick. We need. We need like an Alien versus Predator film <laughs> that's Jason Bourne versus John oh Wick. Oh my god! That would be so sick. Or like Freddy versus um, Jason. Yes, that's what we need. Yeah, let's pitch it. I don't. I don't know who we need to call. Probably David Leach. Um, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll find we'll find somebody. It's too good of an idea to pass up. Well, Matt Damon's a little too old. Well, actually, him and Keanu are probably the same age, right? I think they are. Yeah, this could work. This could work, Kirk. It would be the best movie ever. All right, what's popping time? Pop it up. There's not a ton of news because there's not a ton of things happening besides more movies getting pushed back. These two, I'm just going to tell you. Brace yourselves. This, this is a gut punch to me today. Wonder Woman 1984 delayed. Ugh, right in the gut. Doesn't that hurt? It does. Mm. It yeah. Does. And there was talks of them just going straight to digital, and they're like, just like, uh, just unopposed no. Like, it's not happening. Which sucks, because the digital release thing is pretty nifty. Right. They already, like, they came up with a name for it in, like, two seconds. The yeah, home, they were, like, Amazon home, Prime Video Cinema. Yeah, and Home Premiere on iTunes. Like, it's, yeah. they're, they're, all, they're coming up with these clever names that they never had to imagine before, and they're so perfect. I know. I'm, like, I was kind of hoping that this would be... So, let me, let me get this straight, because I posted an article on our social about how movie theaters are really scared right now. They're trying to figure out, like... They're losing money hand over fist right now, mm -hmm. as as are tons of industries. But movie theaters could really be impacted by this because they have such a massive footprint and therefore lots of overhead. And if they're not selling concessions, it's rough. Um, they're wondering, like, what does the world look like after this? Like, do, will this whole video on demand thing, just movies going straight to VOD, like, will that catch on? Is the industry going to be forever changed? And as much as I would like that, I want both. Yes. I would hate to lose the theater experience. I love it so, so much. Like, yeah. I have a romantic connection to it. I love it. Yeah, it's magical. You know, 
a couple, like maybe like a year ago, AMC what was discussing like they're gonna be able to own partial rights in the films right uh or in the production studios that way they can air some of the movies through their app i think they even launched it but it was like impossible to like figure out unless you spent like six days trying to figure it out yeah so i wonder if that's still up and running um but regardless of that even if the movie theaters survived by being still being the distributor and then releasing later to a different digital platform yeah. to, to actually purchase, I still think you need to physically be in the theater to see it on that giant screen. I think so too. I, most movies are shot for that. They're like just honestly not shot for home viewing. I don't think, well, they're, let, let me say this. They're not optimized for home viewing. They're yes. optimized for, the aspect ratio is optimized for a giant screen. That's what it's made for. That's how it's meant to be viewed. So I would hate to lose that. I'm I'm concerned about it to be quite honest with you. I don't know. It's hard to imagine that after all this is over everything just snaps back to normal. And for some of these industries like that may very well be the case. And so support your local theaters when they reopen, <laughs> support them so that I mean the way I see it is there has to be some benefit to doing the theater right because Amazon created Amazon Studios. And I think at that time the collective thought was like holy crap, here goes Amazon out to revolutionize another industry. Like if they own distribution and they could cut out the middleman, which is all these distribution companies of like 20th century Fox and Paramount, whatever, if they can cut that out, then all of a sudden movie theaters are gone. You know, I snap my fingers, not near the mic. So I don't know why <laughs> I did that, but they're gone. Um, and they didn't do that. And so I think the fact that they didn't do that, must mean that there's something there that's beneficial. So yeah. I hope that hope that our movie theaters stay alive, even through all of this. And then the other one that was delayed, and this one hurt even more. It hurt way more <laughs> in the Heights, which, like, ow. <laughs> and also, also, weren't why? both of these? Yeah, why? Why? Weren't these both, like, summer releases? Yes. In the Heights was June. Wonder Woman, I think, was July, like July 3rd or something, something like that. like that. It's just not fair. It's not. It's not fair. I'm like, like I know that th things are bad, but come on, guys. Hold on a little longer, at least. If they're, if they're past May, then I think you just wait until May. Yeah, wait until May and then make the call. I don't know. I, I don't know what the prep work goes into to mail these out to the theaters, but I imagine that it only takes the month before because they're digital files mostly. Well, some pencil pusher did a cost-benefit analysis. Jerk. <laughs> that guy. That nerd. We need to find them and say, stop it. Do you think that if we come out of this uh, as expected, you know, projections were are, are now at Easter, right? Um, if we're out of it, do you think that they'll just turn those dates back on? No. No. You think they'll still push? I, I don't. I, I just think... I mean, we've seen it with cats. We've seen it with other movies. Like these things are down to the wire for distribution in a lot of cases. And we see movies get pushed at the last minute every once in a while. That happened with New Mutants. It's happened. Um, it happened with another X Men movie back in the day. X Men Origins Wolverine did that, which that movie was garbage. The worst. <laughs> Just the actual <laughs> absolute worst. They ruined Deadpool in that movie. Um, so yeah, it, I think that they're going to need the time, and I think that if they're going from full steam ahead to nothing then they're gonna need to gain that time back i don't know all right i know we'll see what happens though next next bit of movie news and this is actually tv show news and it's regarding the office yeah so a book came out by rolling stole stones 
um, journalist named Andy Green. The book's called The Office, The Untold Story of the Greatest Sitcom of the 2000s. And it's sort of like, not an expose, but uh, behind the scenes, similar to kind of like the Office Ladies podcast, like behind the scenes, just retellings of the office and things that were going on behind the scenes with the cast and all those different things. In this book, multiple people allude to the fact that Steve Carell did not leave the office by choice. Mm -hmm. That he was sort of forced out. That's maybe too strong a term, but not welcomed back, I guess. That he... So the way that they explain it is that Steve Carell went on one of these talk shows. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Today Show or Good Morning America or something like that. Sure. And basically said, there's a chance I, that season seven will be my last. And that was the first he said to anybody about it, to, about it at all, period. And he wasn't even really planning on doing that. He was just kind of like floating out there. Like he didn't have a contract beyond then. And so he was like, that could be it. Well, from that point, he... You know, multiple people say that Steve Carell told them that he got no contact from the studio, no contact from NBC execs, until after it was, like, already a done deal. And he was like, well, I guess I'm going to go ahead and go because nobody wants me to be here. Then they tried to get him back. What do you read into this? So now the two sources that they listed in the article that I read, um, one was, like, a hairstylist, like, his hairstylist, and the other was a boom mic operator. So let's – I mean, not that they would know, but I'm just saying those are the sources for, for context. Yeah. Well, I, th I think when you have – I think most people would pass those people off as not confident sources. However, yeah. think of how confident – and the, what confidence you can give those people. You're sitting in hair and makeup every single day for every day. job. This boom mic operator, you're in every scene with him, especially in the setting for the office. There were like the filmmaker and like the, the camera operator, the director, the boom operator, done. Yeah. And the rest of the cast. So when you're setting up a new scene, you're probably there's probably lots of chatter about that. Yeah. So i I would feel like those are pretty reliable sources. It sounds pretty honest too. It's part way. It's he was using his celebrity, it sounds like part of it to be like, Well, I'm I haven't heard anything about the next season past this. Where's my contract? You know, celebrities do that all the time, right? Yeah. And so then add that to um the studio maybe wanting to save some money because obviously Steve Carell is a big billing. So I don't know. It's nuts. Well and I can't remember exactly when the writer strike happened. Oh, and yeah. I don't know what his contract situation was, but here's the thing. The Office was the best thing going, and it wasn't close at all. And not that the rest of the cast isn't amazing in that show, but Steve Carell is the driving force for that whole show. I don't see how you just let him walk. And I know that like my read on it is, and we're seeing this right now with the Sony Disney thing that we've talked about, everything these studios do is a cost-benefit analysis. It's a leverage play. Sometimes they just misplay their hand. I almost think that's what happened here. Yeah, it, it, there's such an ensemble cast. Like You can't take away any member of that cast and have it be as good. You just can't. Yeah, and the show is okay afterwards, but it it's just not the same. No. And who knows, man? I mean, how far could they have gone if they kept him around? Oh, my gosh. It's, you know, you think about it. Some of the great shows, some of the great sitcoms go 11, 12, 14 seasons you know i mean mm -hmm. before, what could have been yeah even before they jumped the shark and i think they could have they could have had some better years at the end of that series yeah i 
I would love to hear. I mean, I feel like at some point Steve Carell is probably going to have to speak on this since it's all coming secondhand and he's probably getting a lot of press inquiries as we speak actually about this. Um, so it'll be interesting to hear his side of this story. I'm sure it'll be very PR 101 oh, <laughs> type yeah. response, you know, cause he's a businessman. Um, so we'll see if, if they really did just mess this up, then they've got to be kicking themselves. I mean, whoever, whoever let this deal fall through or didn't follow up or whatever. Yikes. That hurts. How dare them? Um, yeah, that's right. How dare they? Because they deprived us, Kirk. They deprived us of some quality content. I want to find those people. <laughs> okay. Now, and now I'm going to do to uh, them. <laughs> now you're turning I'm going to tie Lee them up. <laughs> I have a very particular set of podcasting skills. We're going to grill them in an interview. That's right. That that's the right way to handle it. Thank you. I think so. Um, okay. And I'm going to mur- no. Just <laughs> Next bit of movie news. Last bit of movie news. Rosaria Dawson has been cast as Ahsoka Tano in The Mandalorian Season 2. Let that sink in for a second. Ahsoka. Yeah, so are you a Clone Wars guy? I've never watched them. Star Wars Rebels? Never watched Okay, it. this is good then. You're, you're probably like 90% of our listeners, I would guess. Mm-hmm. So Ahsoka Tano is a Jedi Knight. She's a female Jedi Knight. She was... Um, Anakin Skywalker's apprentice during the Clone Wars. And during that show that they had, the Clone Wars, the animated show, she became a fan favorite really quickly. Like, um, I think just a couple of seasons went by and then everybody loved Ahsoka. She returned in Star Wars Rebels. She, like, she died in Star Wars Rebels at the hands of Darth Vader, spoiler alert, and (laughs) then was, like, so somebody time traveled and like brought her back to life effectively, but is it was all very fuzzy and ambiguous, and so everybody has kind of been asking like, okay, when the original trilogy is unfolding, like where is Ahsoka? Mm-hmm. Because she could have been alive, and if she was alive, based on her set of skills, she would have had a very important role to play in everything that was going on. She would have been like 30 years old, whatever. And that's sort of the question that we've been asking about the Mandalorian, which is if baby Yoda, the child was alive during the force awakens, the last Jedi, the the back half of the Skywalker saga, then where was he? Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's the big question. So this excites me because we're starting to tie the Mandalorian into larger star Wars lore, but I want to get your take on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I never used to be a fan of Rosario Dawson, yeah, Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. But when she became a centralized character in the Netflix Marvel series, yes, as the nurse who helped repair beat up bad guys and bad girls, I was like, man, she's she's actually pretty good, or she's getting better. I don't know what it was. Yeah, she was good in that. So seeing her take on a main character role in Mandalorian, I'm all for it. I think it's super exciting. Um, I think she's gonna kill it. Yeah, and. Um, I think people were upset that it wasn't the voice actress who's voiced, but that never, that's really never something that happens. No. Kevin Conroy just got to play (laughs) Batman and it was like, kind of like after 45 years, it was just like an homage to him and it was like basically a glorified cameo. So anyway, um, I think it's really good casting and it's going to be very interesting to see how they play this. It makes me way, way more excited for the Mandalorian, but I think it's good to hear that like, 
as someone who doesn't really have an emotional connection to this character, you're excited too. Because it, in it, the comments sections, it was mostly people who were like, oh my gosh, Ahsoka. <laughs> it's really smart, right? Because I, I never watched those and I don't think I'll go back and watch them. Yeah. Even though I know her character is important, isn't, I can't talk today, is important. Um, so it's really cool to see that in the live action. Yeah, it's a little bit daunting at this point with Clone Wars. I mean, I think they just had the seventh season come out or something like that. So if you feel like to know everything, you have to watch all seven seasons of the Clone Wars and then all of Star Wars Rebels, like not too many people are going to be like, all right, let me start down that path. You know, (laughs) like you either did or you didn't, I feel like at this point. Um, But that's exciting news nonetheless. Glad we're talking about new Star Wars things in the midst of everything going on because that's always exciting. But the time has come, Kirk, to review a film so controversial that it was pushed back, delayed, because fans signed a petition saying, no, I shouldn't say fans. People signed a petition saying this movie mm-hmm. should not be released. We are going to review this film. We're going to talk about the controversy. We're going to talk about... we're controversial. <laughs> yeah, we're very edgy podcasts. Oh, yeah. We're like the Howard Stern of movie podcasts. Watch out. <laughs> but we're going to talk about the movie. We're going to talk about the controversy around the movie. Ooh. Again, if you're British. Um want to make sure I, I really connect to that demo because they're a good demographic for us. Like 50% of our <laughs> listeners. Shockingly. <laughs> um, and then we're going to do Pee Your Pants Meter because this is a scary film. It's a horror film, mm-hmm. I should say. It's in the horror genre. I shouldn't say that it's scary. We'll yep. see. Um, all right, Kirk. You, my friend, are doing the honors of synopsing this film oh. and kicking us off with And the Oscar Goes To. Me. Okay, so this movie... I got to say, the trailer for this movie is terrible. I'm just going to say that outright. Oh, dude, you're so right. You're so, so right. You watch that trailer, you're like, is this like a SNL digital short? (laughs) Yeah. It's rough. Um, But there's a reason for that, and we'll dive into that. So this film, uh, at its core, is about a, let's see, I don't want to give anything away, because we spoiler free things for everybody here. Okay, so it's about um, Democrats hunting mm-hmm. Republicans yes. and murdering them, uh, much like um, just like just hunting humans for sports. That's about it. Yeah, I mean that's really it. <laughs> I, I can't get into much more detail than that. It's just people running around with. with it's kind of like uh, if you had the Hunger Games, but a, pol- a politicized version. I mean, the Hunger Games are politicized. Yeah, no, this did have a Hunger Games vibe yeah. right from the jump. Here you go, Hunger Games. Plus Get Out, mm-hmm. plus the I don't know the campaign that no, doesn't yeah yeah <laughs> but something like that yeah Ides of March I don't know <laughs> Star Wars something uh, political I don't know <laughs> um, yeah good call that's basically it it's really that simple it's really that straightforward um, okay so let's dive right in and the Oscar goes to Kirk oh is that me yes. I'm going to give this to Miss Betty Gilpin. Good choice. She is someone that I didn't know existed until this movie. Samesies. Um, she is um, a, uh, a slow burn uh, in her introduction to this movie and very a very clever introduction to this movie, too. So apparently she was in the Glow series. I think there's a lot of people that love that show. Yeah, I mean, Alison Brie fans are pretty intense yeah. and... Uh, Alice Breeze and Glow, so lots of big following of that show. I've not gotten a chance to watch it. I'm always tempted to watch it because oh, are it you, looks cool. 
are you um, uh, suffering from your oppositional defiance disorder? Is yeah. Oh, yeah, I am. I am, probably. <laughs> because somebody told me you should watch Glow. And I was like, sure will. Because <laughs> I, I don't know, because I'm a weirdo. Like you said, Kirk, oppositional defiance. Yeah. Uh, so that's on Netflix. Streaming yes. always. It's not going anywhere. It's a Netflix original. I love Alison Brie. Haven't watched it myself. But apparently she's a big deal. This actress, Betty Gilpin, in this. Um, she... So this movie is very satirical, which I didn't expect uh, mm-hmm. in this movie. I thought it was just going to be bad. Uh, so the she brings like this incredibly witty edge to her character uh, that I didn't expect, and she does so in very very subtle, most for the most part, but then kind of explosive um, in, in her facial expressions to other characters at some parts too, and I just found that very endearing. Uh, so she gets my vote for best actor. Yep. I went with Betty Gilpin as well. She plays, uh, did you say her name? Crystal or AKA snowball? I did not. In the film. Um, she, I think the thing that I like about her, she really is the linchpin for this, this whole movie concept. Her character has to be good. I think her character is the best part of this movie. I think that her performance really carries a cast that otherwise is pretty, uninspiring um overall she's she's really excellent i think i love how her character kind of man that's so hard to not give anything away but her character really the whole essence is that she has to be hard to read for it to be effective and she does such a good job at that like she gives you things at certain times and and again it comes back to a theme that we talk about a lot which is in murder mystery films which is using your biases using the audience's biases against them and so everyone in this movie really falls into like a very narrow stereotype with very defined lines. Like they literally like tell you what they are very mm-hmm. explicitly, except for this character, except for Crystal. And so she does a good job of trying to make you think she's one thing, then like throwing something out there that's contrary to that and delivering it because i know the writing is a big part of that but delivering it in such a way that it's really effective so which is the whole theme of this movie yeah exactly you know don't judge a book by its cover and uh what's the other one uh, the old switcheroo i think yeah. that's the theme that's the thematical name of it yeah that is the actual technical term <laughs> the old switcheroo <laughs> um but yeah it's it's all about betty gilpin this is her show and she owns it mm-hmm. great job yeah so the second one was difficult for the scene stealer but I feel like this was like the comeback tour uh, and like the debut tour all at the same time. So I didn't know about Betty Gilpin. She was great. For my scene stealer, I'm going with Miss Hillary Swank. Mm-hmm. Got to talk about, of course, you know, there's the famous office episode where <laughs> everyone, all the bosses are gone and they discuss, <laughs> yeah. is Hillary Swank hot or not? Yeah. Uh, and it's the entire episode is spent discussing and debating and <laughs> voting and uh, I don't even remember. Who, does she win? Does she win as voted hot or attractive? I or think she does because I think Michael walks in oh. at the end and he's like, oh, Hillary Swank, she's hot. Yeah, and that's, that's the, the final vote. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, you know, early on in Hillary Swank's career, she was doing great things. She was in a lot of things. Yeah. And then she t- kind of took a step back after I think a couple of clunkers. But then recently she's coming back into the fold and i thought yeah. she did a really exceptional job i looked up her forecast of films and she's in like six space movies coming up no it's, it's insane <laughs> i like, don't like that like why that many uh, like 
I guess. I mean, they're paying you, so why not? But yeah, all about the dollars. That's right. I felt that this was a character that I've I haven't seen Hillary Swank do, which was this very um, type A personality per, uh, woman, uh, very much cares about what what everyone else thinks, and that's mm-hmm. the opposite of what Hillary Swank is as an actress <laughs> and a person. Yeah. So, uh, and the roles that she's taken on previously. So it was really fascinating seeing her, knowing her kind of uh, when you see her in interviews and her personality and then also the roles she's done to see what she brings to that character. Yeah. Yeah. So Hillary Swank is also my scene stealer. <laughs> I want to reemphasize for the 5 millionth time that Kirk and I don't talk to each other. We've done a good job of like being pretty different on our reviews lately because we do have different opinions, but um, there are only two good actors in this movie. Can we agree on that? Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a, there was one other person who I thought about doing. I have to pull up his name, but he's not a main character. Like, was I, it Don? Uh, I don't remember. Don't even remember his character's name. Okay. <laughs> I think it was Staten Island was his character's oh, name. Oh, yeah, yeah. From the beginning of the yes. movie? Yeah, re- yeah, sure. I really liked him, but it's hard to pick someone who has such a little impact on the film, right. a little screen time, even though I did it with a movie a couple times ago. Uh, like the, Sonic. Was it Sonic? Yeah, I did it with Sonic. Uh, But that doesn't work with this film. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, it's just to say that there's only two really outstanding or remarkable, all bad words. (laughs) There's really only two notable (laughs) acting performances in this film, and they're Hilary Swank and Betty Gilpin. Um, I echo the majority of your sentiment. I think that what something I talk about a lot is that Hilary Swank only really gets one scene to go to work you know she only gets like one big long scene and she is asked to do some things to to have a certain effect i'm not going to say what that effect is on the viewers and she accomplishes that goal and and mm-hmm. to do so in one scene is ext- extraordinarily hard i always think that people who like do short movies short films have a really tall task because they have to convey emotion and all those things for a character that everybody literally everybody knows nothing about so um it's pretty cool they you don't see hillary swank for a long time in this movie which is pretty interesting too you kind of like you hear her voice but you don't see her so yeah whenever she finally got revealed i was like oh cool uh and that is not a spoiler even though it sounds like one um so yeah had to be hillary swank for sure those are our two our two female leads i guess or two female actors who really stole the show truth okay showstopper what you got so this film is about these people hunting each other things are not as they seem the old switcheroo all that um you know that people are trying to kill each other it's in the horror genre the fight choreography was my showstopper for Mm -hmm. this because it was exceptionally well done not not like john wick level because that stuff is out of this world right but when when i went into this movie i knew that people would be killing each other but i thought it would be very gimmicky and there are times that it's a little gimmicky um but for the most part when they're when they're actually fighting each other hand to hand and they're using my favorite found objects to to fight off their attacker it got pretty creative uh specifically there's a fight scene between our two picks, Betty Gilpin and Hillary Swank. Yeah. From the trailer, Hillary Swank is the bad guy. It's very clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it, the fight choreography really impressed me with this film. Yeah. Similar, but, but slightly different. I'm going with gore. Yeah. Just like the overall gore, which is really 
necessary in this film. I don't think this movie is like <sighs> traditionally scary. Yeah. Like you're not sitting there looking between your fingers at any point. You're the the like the concept I guess is scary, but the movie itself isn't really scary. So in order to give that the thrill that you expect in a horror film, they rely heavily on like shock and awe and, and gore. So these action sequences where you know something's gonna happen, you don't know what's gonna happen, you know somebody's gonna end up getting the short end of the stick. Like it needs to have effect. Gore is a good way to make that effect stick. Um, it's pretty consistent from literally the first scene in the movie all the way through the end. And yeah, I mean, I almost went with no showstopper to be fully honest. With sure. You. But, um, if I'm choosing one, it's, it's the gore because I think that that's really where without that, I don't know that it's a horror film. Sure. Yeah. So I think the violence and gore was, was top notch. Mm -hmm. It was. All right. Director shoes. What you got Kirk? This one, I really don't have a lot for this movie it was already going to be polarizing for people because our political parties in our in our country are polarizing democrats yeah. versus republicans so when you hear that one political party is hunting another and they're trying to survive this game that's that's been created it's like am i going to watch that am i going to hate it am i going to love it you know um this movie is what it is you're either going to enjoy it or you're not uh there might be some middle ground because again i think the film does a uh, does a good job of um uh, of really playing to your own self reflection on your own views and really like th like breaking down our our own particular views on things like this is what you believe what what is it yes or no or or is there a gray area to this so this movie it is what it is like that's all i <laughs> i really don't have a lot yeah. for this no this is good uh we're gonna have a disagreement here kirk which good. is good this is good um my my director shoes is really that there was no subtlety in delivery of the themes in this in this <laughs> film whatsoever i mean it was about as subtle as an elephant flying a 737 like it was loud and it was in your face and it was from shot one to the last frame yep like like you said, it is what it is. This movie didn't really try to deliver those themes in a way that was anything other than right smack in your face. And they did so. So, like, I think something that people have a, will probably have a problem with in this film is that there's a little bit of both-sidedness. Like, well, it doesn't really pick a side. I actually think that is an effective tool and an effective story to go with, but the problem I have with it is that they use the most ridiculous stereotypes and caricatures of each side of the political aisle yeah. to try to make their effect. And I think that that actually renders it ineffective because if I'm on one side or the other, which we both like people should know that both sides have wacky, wacky views that not everybody subscribes to, even if they happen to lean that way more so than the other, everybody knows that or should, um, so whenever they use these really extreme scenarios and really extreme circumstances, it would be easy for you on one side of the aisle to be like, oh, well, that's not me. You know, that's the extremists. That's the crazies. And so then they th then your whole theme is kind of like, eh, I get what you're trying to do, but that's not me. It doesn't affect me. Mm -hmm. When really the whole thing is trying to poke fun at like, we have a two-sided political spectrum. And actually what's really funny is that this movie getting delayed is the perfect like use case of exactly what they're talking about. That 
not only are we so against each other who are or against people who have different views than us, but we will literally shut them out. Censor. So yeah. <laughs> so like people who thought that this movie was not kind to their political leaning. Well, it's not kind to either personally. Correct. And also by you saying like, you don't want to see this movie. You're making the point for them. They're like, duh, that's the point. But again, I think like there were tons of animal farm references in this film that like, again, they didn't even try to be subtle about like they could have been with the names and like the pig and all that stuff, but they were really overt about it. They even say animal farm multiple times. They do. Yeah. Um, So I just think that they should have gone a little more subtle. They should have waited till the end to reveal some of this stuff. And they didn't, they literally from the very beginning it's there. Yeah. So uh, I didn't love that. Also, not scary. Not scary. I'll just give my pee your pants meter right now. It's a one Mm -hmm. on a scale of one to pee your pants. It's a one. (laughs) It it didn't scare me at all. Yeah. I wasn't frightened. I was like, no, this is like a thriller. So, yeah. And and, I mean, there were a couple scenes where I was like, ooh, what's going to happen here? Mm -hmm. But whenever that thing happened, I wasn't like, whoa, like that blew my mind. You weren't like in Joker where we're like, creeping behind our (laughs) our own elbows like up to our faces and yeah i would say one or even less yeah (laughs) it it just was not a very scary movie so um yeah i guess we're kind of talking about the controversy now so i want to get your take do you think this movie was what you anticipated in terms of controversy i think because so so my view of their in your face themes of their their dialogue deliberately said, I'm this or I'm that, I'm for this, I'm against that. I felt like, yes, I, I'm, not, I'm not crazy like that person. But then I like walked it back to, huh, but am I like this? And is that okay? Sure. And why do I believe that? So I think that the benefit of a satire like this is that they, they throw it at you. It's very in your face. Look at this. And you're like, no, that would never happen to me. I don't talk like that. But I do talk like this. Is that okay? And, yeah. And so I feel like it, you know, it's, it was so um, aggressive in its marketing in its marketing it failed yes hardcore because when i saw this trailer this trailer i was like i don't want to see that stupid movie Uh but then i liked it more when i when i watched it because i was able to deal through the satire with my own self yeah for sure and i i think this movie is heavily interpretive Mm -hmm. I, i think like yes uh again like i don't think there are a ton of technical aspects that are bad about it i mean the writing's a little hokey. I mean, it is hokey. It is hokey. Um, straight up. And there are there are things that you could really just sit there and be like, I hate this. And some people will. But it all comes down to, like, how does this theme impact you? Yeah. It sounds like for you, you were able to get something out of it. For me, less so. Um, but other people will have different opinions, and that's kind of how it goes. I think the reason people thought it was controversial is because – the I don't, and I actually don't know like which side of the aisle was protesting this film. Was it the conservatives or the liberals? I have no clue. Because if I'm if I'm a liberal, I'm going, wow, that's rude. They think I'm gonna hunt people down and kill them. And if I'm conservative, they're like, wow, that's rude. I'm, they want to hunt, they me, down hunt me, me down and kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to know that. And like that's what's kind of funny about it is like, were we like were people aligned on <laughs> having like negative feelings towards this movie because that would be kind of funny yeah Um, i think this was also wrapped in there were a lot of mass 
shootings at the time that yes. this came out to. Yeah, so yeah, sure. It was all involved, and that's what and the you know the the politicism of mass shootings and plus and yeah, yeah. the very theme of this movie or the uh, the assumed theme as well. I, I should say too, because again, it's not what it looks like. Yeah, good point. Good point. All right, let's give final thoughts and score this. What do you got? Final thoughts and score. I love that they put this into a satire because if they legit tried to make this happen from a real point of view or they they were like, this could really happen. Like there are people out there who are billionaires that they could fund this. (laughs) I'd be like, all right, no, I wouldn't have watched the whole thing. I was actually very apprehensive to watching this at all when you said, hey, the hunt is on VOD, let's go. And I'm like, all right, sure. Let's let's try it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also wouldn't watch this movie again, even though I probably liked it more than you did. Um, just guessing. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> In thirty seconds. Ah, <laughs> uh, this this score is hard for me because I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. But I have nothing against it. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it a generous. I would say I could probably take this bit by bit and destroy it because it'd be easy to do but altogether what's it shooting for i'm gonna go 6.2 okay good score um yeah i mean i think for me the effect just isn't there i think that i get what they were trying to go for i think hopefully it does work for some people and i i hope the filmmakers predicted that it would have that effect because my assumption would be and i have not read any reviews on this outside of a couple of people that I saw on Twitter just quickly give their take on it is that this is probably like middle of the road. Like some critics love it and are all bought in on the themes and other critics are like, meh, don't, it's, (laughs) it's not really there for me. I just think since the theme wasn't there, it was so apparent everything else that just wasn't super effective in this movie. I thought the writing was goofy. thought most of the acting was not very good. Um, and I think just overall entertainment value, I didn't really enjoy it that much. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I don't know, just not the right movie for me. So, and I'll chalk this up as personal preference in a lot of ways, but I'm going to give it a 4.0 mm-hmm. um, out of 10 kernels. But interested to hear what our listeners have to say, because I had a lot of people texting me and saying, hey, are you guys going to review the hunt? Are you guys going to review the hunt? And that's that's what really pushed me to do it. Because I was in the same boat as you. I was like, man, I don't have really much interest in that movie. Um, but it was different than I thought whenever, as soon as it started, I was like, okay, yeah, you got me. Um, so I'm very, very interested to hear from our listeners and hear what people have to say. So if you've seen The Hunt, or if you want to see The Hunt, after you watch it, because you can watch it at home, Kirk and I did. Yep. You can share it, Kirk and I did. I bought it, and then I gave him my password. You just... Do it that way. That's right. Um, save you some money. But yeah, once you watch it, hit us up. We want to talk about it. It's very, very, very interpretive. So we'll have lots of fun opinions and readings into things. So it'll be a good time. All right. And that brings us to you, Kirk, our game master. It's time to dust off those game master gloves, shoulders. I don't know what Can I'm trying that? to say. Oh, yeah, that's a good sound. It's been a little while since we've had a game. It has been. Actually, it's been kind of a long while since we had a game. I I don't even even remember our last game. So this is good. In lieu of schoolyard pick, because we couldn't think of anything, just being keeping it real, Mm -hmm. keeping it 100 Mm -hmm. with you guys, we're going to do this game. And I don't know what the game is. Tell me what the game is, Kirk. The game is called 
quarantine and chill. Ha, I like it. I like it. All right. What are the rules, my friend? So I went through and I, the interwebs, and I found some movies that are arguably uh, rated terribly uh, in score and by critics alike. So some of these are like guilty pleasures, but you have to... You have to categorize these. You have to. I'm going to give you two okay. movies, two movies at a time. You have to quarantine one and chill with the other. Like so qu- quarantine bad, quarantine bad, chill good, always good. Okay, you ready? I think so. Are you ready for this, Jelly? I think we'll f- we'll find out if I'm ready. Okay, cool. So your first matchup is going to be Spider-Man Three and Showgirls. Oh, tough, tough one. What will you quarantine, and what will you chill? Uh, I mean, I'm quarantining Spider-Man three just out of principle. <gasps> yeah, just because I hate that movie, <laughs> the Sandman, the the Eddie Brock, the whole thing. Yeah. The, oh, especially the dancing in the finger guns. <laughs> nothing, nothing good going on there. So you would chill with Showgirls. By default, yes. With, <laughs> but I want to make that clear, Kirk. This is this is strictly principle. <laughs> With the what's her, what's her name in Saved by the Bell? She Jesse on Saved by the Bell. Yes. And uh, what what is? I'm what's the so song? excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. That's With the caffeine pills, man, you got to watch those caffeine pills. Man, I, last time I took caffeine heavy. pills, it's heavy stuff. Too much. I would have gone the opposite way. I would have quarantine showgirls and chilled with the spider I could three. see why you would do that i, I could <laughs> but out of alas. my personal principles against yes. showgirls sure sure number two okay <laughs> prepare yourself i mean I, that first one is a doozy right out of the gate i'm kind of scared number two van helsing oh and league of extraordinary gentlemen oof while you decide, I once went to a drive-in, and that was the lineup. That was the lineup for the same screen. Van Helsing, followed by Leva. Leva uh, I was gonna say, didn't they? Didn't they come out like right around the same time? They I did. was gonna say, I remember those being in theater around the same time. Oddly, rough time, rough time. Sure, for sure. Um, I think I'm gonna chill with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I. Van Helsing is so bad. It's awful. <laughs> I mean, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is bad, but it's like, like they were trying to do something there. You know, there was an effort made. Not yeah. that there wasn't an effort in Van Helsing, it was just a very poor one. I just, I don't know. They're both bad. They are. At least in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, you have Sean Connery. I, it's true, which is an automatic bonus point. You know, I, I saw somebody tweet about that movie recently, and they were like, "Is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen a good movie?" And I was like, "Is this even up for debate? Are we really talking about this?" Because the answer is a resounding no. It's no. a it's a bad movie. That said, it is better than Van Helsing. So it I'm is chilling with it. You know, I think Van Helsing was really cutting edge. Even though I would agree with you, I would chill with League and quarantine Van Helsing. Yeah, Van Helsing basically is like three three hundred the film, <laughs> but in the year two thousand. Yes, it's true. It's very true. It's rough. It's rough times. All right, it's gonna get rougher from here. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, I think so. Next matchup, Geely, starring Ben Affleck and J Lo. Yeah, and Catwoman course with Halle Berry yeah this is the Halle Berry one and Sharon Stone I'm quarantining Catwoman because mm-hmm. it was bad 
Did you watch it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I think I saw it in theaters, actually. Ooh. Yeah, I think I did. Ouch. At the Lincoln Theater in Belleville. That's, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. It, it's got to be Catwoman. <laughs> I mean, woof. Everything, <laughs> everything top to bottom, just not working there. Yep. And I love Halle Berry, but come on. And that was immediately following her Academy Award win for Monsters Ball. I know. How? How? <laughs> how? That's just one of those classic, like, okay, let's go get a paycheck. Yeah. And sure. I, I have no disrespect. She's like, oh, but, yeah, superhero. Whew. Whew. Rough That's, times. That is a rough one. I would. You're going to chill with Geely. I, I would do the same there, too. Yeah. Because, um, you know, that one's probably like a good hate watch. Like, oh, this movie I think so, so too. Yeah. You, you can you can have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah. And that was the beginning of uh, Benefer, the first Benefer. Yeah. Before, yeah. It was, before it was Ben Affleck and uh, Jennifer Garner. So mm-hmm. next one up. This one's very interesting because I feel like this is timely uh, because oh. of what happens in one of these films Ooh. with pandemics. The Happening. <sighs> M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening with Marky Mark. With the evil trees. The evil trees. <laughs> <laughs> the virus is because of air. Yes. <laughs> and Batman and Robin. I'm I'm chilling with Batman and Robin. All right. I am because I watched that movie so much growing up. Again, I didn't know any better. And I think that I think that the nostalgia of it would really just be enough for me. <laughs> and it is truly horrible. It is. It's very bad. The Mr. Freeze. Oh. The Arnold is Mr. Freeze is such It is you have to question the casting. Because it's almost like they sat down and said, who is the worst person to play Mr. Freeze <laughs> on the planet? Because that just does not match that character at all. No. And the way they went about it, and then you got Poison Ivy and Bane. Oh, what they did to Bane in that movie? Ah. Disgusting. Yeah, but still, I will say, <laughs> I watched it so many times that I would get a good kick out of it, <laughs> so I'm chilling with it. I'm going to go opposite on this one. I'm going to go The Happening. I'm going to chill with that and yeah. not. I can't watch Batman. You're Robin. a Marky Mark guy, I feel like. I'm a big Marky Mark yeah. guy. The other thing is, a long time ago, someone told me, so The Happening is um, pretty much noted as M. Night Shyamalan's worst film. Um, one Which, I of- mean, there's some stinkers. <laughs> let's be honest. There are. There are some real stinkers in that bunch. Like Lady in the Water. Bad. Um, the, the village, village. <laughs> bad you know but i'm gonna go with the happening here's why a good friend of mine uh who i haven't spoken to in many many years isn't <laughs> we're still good friends super good friends <laughs> adam mcnitt he he told me he's like no 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 it's not a bad movie he's making fun of himself the director is making fun of himself i don't know if that was true or if if uh, it would truly was a bad movie but if you look at it as if m night Shyamalan saying like huh this is the kind of the a joke, a satire of my own plot and own like surprises because you all know there's going to be a big twist. Yeah, but don't you think he would come out and say that? Don't you think he would? I do. I would too. But watch it. But from you that could watch it from that perspective. Yeah, sure. And then it's a comedy, and it's not a bad film. It's a satire. Yeah. So I'm chilling with the happening. You could do that with any bad movie. <laughs> I'm pretty like I'm pretty sure you could be like, oh no no, they're making fun of bad movies by making a bad. <laughs> like I feel like you could do that. Now, M. Night Shyamalan seems like the kind of guy who might do that. But he also seems like the kind of guy who would be like, yeah, it's all a joke. He'd raise his hand and say I th- something. I think he would. Maybe he's, that's that's going to be his rosebud. I'll have to rewatch it, though. Maybe, yeah, maybe it will. <laughs> That'd be cool. Next matchup. Yeah. 
I don't know that many people know these two movies. Okay. So I hope it plays well. You ready? Maybe I don't even know them. I don't know. You might. We'll see. Okay. Mac and Me. Oh, definitely know that one. <laughs> and Ed TV. I know both of those. Yeah. I'm chilling with Mac and Me. <laughs> yes. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely chilling <laughs> with Mac and Me because, again, it's just like... It's that kind of fun, quirky stupidness that I can totally get down with. Yes. Especially like, what was it, like 1980s for sure, right, on that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's like the golden age of stupid films. I'm all in on that. Yeah, so really fun facts about Mac and Me. Uh, you guys have heard us talk about before how Paul Rudd makes this his uh, his trailer. That his it's incredible clip that he brings to Conan O'Brien's show as like, hey, this is the new movie I'm in. It's uh, called Ant Man, and then he plays this clip from <laughs> Mac and Me. <laughs> so good of this child who's wheelchair bound, rolling down a hill, chasing after an alien, which is an ET ripoff. So it's a genius bit. <laughs> it gets it gets funnier every time. Like, did you hear um, when Will Ferrell went on Conan O'Brien's podcast and he talks about how? He wore the same costume from a sketch for like weeks. Yes. And you would think that the joke would die, but it actually just got funnier and funnier and funnier. That's what this is. Like yeah. it just, it continuously gets funnier. It's like a universal inside joke. It's like, hey, join me. Once yeah. you figure it out, just join me and you'll have a lot of fun. And of course, Ed TV, the long lost Matthew McConaughey film. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go same. I got to go Mac and me. It just has such power <laughs> to chill with quarantine Ed TV. Sorry, Matthew. Yeah, sorry. Next up. More disasters, more acts of God since we are here quarantined ourselves. The day after tomorrow. <sighs> Woof. <laughs> and 2012. I'm quarantining 2012. Okay. That's a ter- I hate that movie. <laughs> I hate everything about it. Yeah. I mostly hate the title because it was like. When did that came out? Did that come out in 2012? I think so. Yeah, I was like, what, what are we doing here? What, yeah. like, what's the point of this? I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> not not 2012. I don't even remember what the how like what the plot of that movie was. I just remember all the things that happened in it and being like this is ins- exceptionally stupid. Mhm. Yeah, this one's really tough for me because I remember watching The Day After Tomorrow in the theater and saying there's a moment when the whole all of New York freezes, right? Yes. So it's super hot now it's all automatically freezing. And they race into a building, even though everything is freezing, and this one building that has a tiny fire saves them from being frozen. Yeah, that, nope, (laughs) that's not how that would work. Not logical. I don't like that. So I'm going 2012. All right. Because it's arguably stupider, but knows it's stupider. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It could be. It could be slightly more (laughs) self-aware. Next up. This one I feel is an easy one. Armageddon. Yeah. And Daredevil. Ben Affleck. Yeah, it's, it's Armageddon. I'm chilling with Armageddon. I'm definitely quarantining Daredevil. Though Daredevil does have a special place in my heart, I will say, because I remember specifically being off of school on Valentine's Day when Daredevil came out. And I, I, my dad, I was going to be with my dad for the day. And I was like, Dad, I would love to go see Daredevil. And he's like, what's it rated? And I was like, well, it's PG-13. It was my first PG-13 movie. He took me to it. My dad doesn't really like... My dad doesn't love to go to the movies and certainly like was not into Daredevil at all, but that was... He was like, all right, let's do it. You want to see it? We'll make it happen. So... Nice. Even though it was a bad movie and I realize that now, at the time, it was so magical. So... Yeah, I feel like Daredevil at the time 
we didn't know how bad it was. <laughs> it's even, true. It's true. Even adults, until we saw like CGI and and better superhero stories a few years later, and we're like, oh yeah, just get rid of that. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, I would also so you're wait. I already forgot. You're I'm chilling, chilling with, with Armageddon. With Armageddon, yeah. I'm also chilling with Armageddon. That movie. I was obsessed with that movie. Did you know this has like a thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes? That's an atrocity. Day? It's a cult classic. It's so good. You've got okay. Oh, that's funny. Ben Affleck's all over these movies. Yeah, it's just, just all Ben Affleck movies. <laughs> <laughs> Quarantine or Ben Affleck. That's what it is. Um, so he's in both of these. Liv Tyler's in um, Armageddon. Bruce Willis. It's It, it, it was really... Um, I mean, the plot of Armageddon is completely absurd. But <laughs> but sure, like it's a good time. Yeah. I don't think there's any denying that. I feel like it honestly... Um, it jump-started. This was a, de- a debut film for some people, and it jump-started their careers. Or they were kind of already known, but it really just like gave them a catalyst to keep going. Yeah. So I don't know why that movie gets so much heat. It's fantastic. For sure. Okay, I got a couple more for you. Let's do it. Just two more. You ready? Yes. Here we go. Pearl Harbor or From Justin to Kelly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that was Netflix. that was so shocking. <laughs> Everything about that was horrifying. I, I just realized Ben Affleck's in Pearl Harbor. Yeah, dude, what was what's going on? You're like watching trailers for the way back, and it's just like seeping into your brain. <laughs> it's bizarre. Is the next one gonna be like Triple Frontier and something else? What was that movie that where he was like a, it was a speakeasy during? Uh, oh, uh, which day also, and night. Day and night. Yeah. Um, okay. So Pearl my, Harbor. My choices are Pearl Harbor. Man, we had Pearl Harbor on VHS, and yeah. there were two tapes because it was so long. Mm-hmm. Classic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't watch from Justin to Kelly. I mean, I just can't. I've seen it. I'm not watching it again. Yeah. Justin Guarini, man. Little sweet. Little sweet from Doctor Pepper. <laughs> which I mean, that's a great character. Um. Yeah, no. It's Pearl Harbor is excruciating. The thing about Pearl Harbor, which makes it a, a difficult choice, is that movie is so long. Mm-hmm. So that's a tough one. But but you're also chilling. You're chilling. You got you, you got nothing but time. You actually probably want a longer film to eat up your time. That's probably without me knowing. That's probably why I started Lord of the Rings today. Right, because then you're like, oh well, three and a half hours are gone. Cool. Sure. It's it's uh, now it's time for dinner. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait till I get to Return of the King. It's like four hours long. That's Let's bedtime. go. Yeah, <laughs> done deal. Um, I would agree. I would definitely choose Pearl Harbor. I have watched from Justin to Kelly. Everyone should watch it. <laughs> I think it's a rite of passage. It's sort of like a, um, it's like a palate cleanser movie. You're like, okay, I don't know what's good and bad anymore. And then you see from Justin to Kelly, you're like, that is bad okay that is very bad so good reset button we're good you need those films gosh that's so true i love that so much um and then we've got our final matchup i'm ready which is going to be sharknado or Lindsay lohan's i know who killed me oh my (laughs) gosh i'm chilling with i know who killed me all right. I'm chilling with that because I kind of hate the Sharknado thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like they were too in on the joke. I wish they had been less in on the joke. Yes. I wish they would have kept cranking out Sharknado films 
and it'd be like I don't know, like they're weird and stupid, but like let's act like sci-fi doesn't know, you know, or like whoever's making them doesn't know. Like yeah, like they thought that it was the best piece of cinema that ever could have come yeah. out, the best story ever created. Yeah, like that movie, The Room. Mm-hmm. You know, with Tommy Wiseau or whatever. It is yeah, it is. yeah. Let let's. I wish it was that. Instead, mm-hmm. they were just way too in on it. They're like, oh yeah, it's great, isn't it? We're gonna make a thousand more, and they just keep getting more ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely pick Sharknado as my chill, actually. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> because <laughs> have you seen Lindsay Lohan's I Know Who Killed Me? No. I saw it in theaters. <laughs> it went to theaters? Oh, yes, it did. Okay. Once Upon a Time. This movie has a moment in it where th- they, um, uh, like this weird, like nerdy friend of Lindsay Lohan's is like, you know, like when you're in the movie theater, there are, there's this story going around that people are sitting behind you and poisoning you with this little syringe. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're <laughs> you're going to play a bad idea in my head at this moment. Well, I'm sitting in a movie theater. <laughs> You bet your bottom that I turned around and looked at in the eyes of every single person behind me, <laughs> which wasn't very many because it was. How would they even do that? It's so they just like they just like w- wicked fast. They just pull out their syringe that's probably preloaded. I mean, let's be honest, it's got to be preloaded. They shoot you in the neck and it just like completely paralyzes. Oh, they you. shoot you in the neck. The neck. Oh, I was almost thinking they were shooting it in your drink. Oh no, no, sorry. It's a syringe, like it's a yeah, needle, yeah. needle and syringe, and they they plug. I thought it they were like stabbing neck. through the lid of your drink. And no, I was no. Like, they're. I mean, I'm not bringing my drink up to my shoulder. Like, <laughs> they'll never be able to do that, unless you're like closing your. I don't know. I went through a whole thought process. So they're stabbing you in the neck. Yes. And yeah, then, that would shake me a little bit. And so what they said, it it it, it slowly kills you, right? So first it paralyzes you, uh-huh. and then you, you can't speak. Sure. And you can't move. It's like being bit by a king cobra. Exactly. And you're in a movie theater, so, uh-huh. you, so it's dark. You're everyone's facing forward, and then you just slowly die as it's the, the movie perfect, progresses. It's the perfect crime, right? It is. And uh, it's like in Doctor Sleep when that girl like bites that guy's face yeah. in the movie theater and makes him fall asleep. Yes. Right? Doesn't she bite his face? Or she bites. I, make his, that up? I think she bites somewhere around his. Or she like scratches his face. I don't know. His upper face. Yeah. 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 Something like that. It's the perfect crime. So let me ask you this, just okay. in all seriousness. And we can be real. This is a safe space. Go ahead. Every time you go to the movies, are you afraid of this? I will tell you that I don't think of it every time I go to yeah. the movie theaters, but I do think of it more often than I yeah. should. It's like a check behind the shower curtain thing. Like, you know it's absurd, but you're still like, eh, better safe than sorry. You know, it. I never had to fear about that until that movie put that fear within me. Sure. That's why you gotta be careful what you watch, guys. It's pretty sinister. That's a pretty sinister thing. Whoever mm-hmm. did that. So, yeah. I mean, wow. <laughs> well, maybe I should change my choice, but I'm. I gotta say, man, I don't even remember what the other movie was. Sharknado. Yeah. No. <laughs> Still quarantining. <laughs> now that I know that that's the thing that shook you about that movie, I'm like, all right, I'm good. I got, yeah. I'm primed for it. Yes. 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 And that. It's quarantine and well, chill. Well, that was a great game, Kirk, and I think we could continue to play it. If you guys have matchups, throw it on our social. Give us matchups. We, we've been doing lots of polls. I love polls. Yes. I'm obsessed with polls. They Facebook made the functionality for polls all wonky. You have to go to publishing tool. It's ridiculous. But I'm obsessed with them. I will continue to post them. You will continue to post them. So if you've got a quarantine and chill, 
matchup you want to throw our way slide it over we'll throw it out there for the world to decide preferably if you have any ben affleck ones yeah all, we're only accepting ben affleck submissions <laughs> i want to be clear about that um because i don't know kirk just said that that's 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 the reason i don't know i can't explain it beyond that oh poor ben all right y'all that's all we got for you today um here's another thing i wanted to bring up this got no love on social when i posted it it's okay i'm over it i'm not <laughs> i'm not hurt okay but you may have noticed lots of people are inside. Yeah. The other night on Twitter, I think it was two days ago, people, everybody was on Twitter ranking their Marvel Cinematic Universe films 1 through 23. If you are a lifelong listener, you know that on our very first episode, we gave our top five MCU movies. So Kirk and I are going to go through the exercise of ranking 1 through 23. We're going to post them on social, and then we want to hear from you guys. If if going 1 through 23 is a little too daunting, I get that. Give us your favorite. Give us your top five. Give us your bottom three. Whatever you want. But the posts are out there. We'll repost stuff whenever we make our list. But rather than read them all on here, we figure we might as well just make our list and post them. So be ready for that. Get your list ready to go so that we can have some good discussion around that. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, as always, for giving us a listen. We appreciate you bearing with us through all of the weird scheduling changes. Be sure, as always, to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We have lots of good content on that. Kirk, I'm figuring out streaming. What? I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring out how to do it on YouTube Live. We're going we're gonna to have some content going, man. We can watch movies together. We can have a little Netflix party. I don't know. The opportunities are endless squeal this is so cool yeah so just get ready get your youtube accounts set up we'll be coming in the coming weeks it'll take me a little while to figure it out but i've been watching lots of informative videos and i don't think it's going to be that hard so we're going to get rocking and rolling on that so keep your eyes peeled but as always a special thank you to ryan spriggs who helps us produce this podcast and as always, a very special thank you to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for our awesome theme music. We will see you all next week. Talk to you then.
And thank you, as always, for listening to this episode. Thank you to Ryan Spriggs, who helps us produce this podcast. And a special thank you to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed. Pause. (laughs) (laughs) Totally blew it. (laughs) I totally blew it. (laughs) It's just sheer panic. It's just pure unadulterated panic. I loved the the look on your face like, how can I salvage this? (laughs) There was no, yeah. I I thought you were going to do it. I was like, oh, he's got it. You're like, like, it's all good. Don't worry about it. He hit the wrong button. No big deal. Oh, my goodness. That was so great. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's, uh, Let's run it back.